What's going on, guys? It's your favorite host from Since the Sandbox, Steve here. Kevin Liu can't make the Fantasy Rankings episode this week, so I'm just kind of going to be talking about our Fantasy Rankings, what we got for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and we all know that this is the Fantasy Playoffs, so it was a very important time of the year. We absolutely could not go without putting Fantasy Rankings in this week. Lou is going to be traveling to California to watch a podcast, and Kev is still committed to the basketball team through East Boston High, so that's why I'm here. Let's just hop in with the uh, fantasy quarterback rankings. And at 15, I did originally have Daniel Jones versus the Eagles on Monday night, but it doesn't look like Daniel Jones will be playing for the rest of the season, I'm thinking. Uh, So we might see a lot of Eli for for the last four games. But at 15, I have Baker at Cincinnati, uh, Baker versus Cincinnati. And I guess he should have been a little higher on the list because of the matchup, but it is a tough division game. And I know Andy Dalton is back at quarterback for Cincinnati, so I think that game could be a little bit more competitive. But I just had to keep him on the list, had to put him at 15. And just a reminder for you guys, Kevin Liu usually do have the Thursday night football games. I do not have the Thursday night football games for this week, so I won't have any Cowboys or Bears on my list. At 14, I have Brady at Can- uh, Brady versus Kansas City. And it was tough because Brady is regarded as a top quarterback in the league, and he's had his struggles this year, and we don't know if that's the team or if that's him individually. But I think that there's going to be some points scored versus Kansas City, so Tom Brady at 14. At 13, this guy kind of struggles a little bit um, week in and week out, but he's still a top 10 fantasy quarterback, and I do have him outside the top 10 for this week just because of the matchup, but Kyler Murray versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense has been playing good and has kept that team competitive, and they're really rallying around uh, Mike Tomlin. So I have Kyler Murray at 15, but I, uh, at 13, but I think he I think he could easily rush for a touchdown. 12, I got Ryan Tannehill versus Oakland uh, at Oakland. I think Oakland will be the favorite to win that game. Tannehill will probably have a pick in there, but he has been playing good. Those receivers have been better since he's been in the lineup. Ryan Tannehill at 12. At 11, I have Jacoby Brissett at Tampa Bay. Jacoby's been banged up a little bit throughout the season. Hopefully he gets T.Y. back for this matchup. Um, So I have Jacoby Brissett there. At 10, I have Josh Allen versus Baltimore. I think this game is going to be very tough, very ground and pound, and whoever is the stronger defense will most likely win that game. I do think that Josh Allen could easily have a rushing touchdown, along with Lamar Jackson um, having a rushing touchdown, but he's we're going to talk about him in the top five. At nine, I have Drew Brees versus San Francisco, and San Francisco going to Baltimore last week. Not that they struggled, but losing a three-point game was very tough. Uh, we saw Justin Tucker kick that, that clutch field goal at the end of the game to kind of solidify the victory there, and that could very much be a matchup that we see again in, in February, so that's something to look out for. At 9, I think I just said 9. At 8, uh, Jameis Winston. I think Winston has the potential to put up big numbers versus Indy. Um, Godwin could have a big day as well. Evans, we know those receivers kind of take their turns on producing big games. 7, I have Carson Wentz versus the Giants. Yes, guys, the Giants stink this year. I know you guys think that they stink every year. I'm hoping that within the next couple of years they can turn things around. 
But I like what Car- what Carson Wentz does kind of before the snap. He, I, it seems to me that he has a good command of the offense. I just don't think he has the right personnel to kind of have success, and I don't blame I don't blame him for that. At six, I got Russ versus the Rams at the Rams, and. I mean, it all depends on game flow. If Chris Carson and Penny get going, then Russ isn't going to have a big game, but Russ can take the top out of every single game he plays in. After after that performance he had last week, him and Lamar are very close uh, for the top of that MVP race. So I still think that Russ could put up big numbers, but I just had to drop him just outside the top five. Um, so at five, I know this isn't a name we don't have in, as our top fantasy QBs too often, but... Kirk Cousins, I, I, I kind of liked what, what Minnesota did, even though they lost that game versus Seattle. And Thielen coming back, I think it should be better. And with Cook a little banged up, they may, re- they may rely on, on the pass a little bit more, uh, especially versus, versus Detroit. I, I think like Slay is, is a good corner. I just don't think he's like anything crazy that could shut down one of those guys. At four, I have Mahomes. Mahomes traveling to New England. I still think he has a good game. And I, I, I talked about this a little bit before. Mahomes is the only guy in the NFL that can throw for three touchdowns and over 300 yards and be criticized for it. That's just because of the standard that he kind of set for himself after last year, throwing uh, over 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. I look for Mahomes to continue to get better, but I, I really want guys like Sammy Watkins to, to step up and Tyreek Hill not be the only threat on the outside we know Travis Kelsey is a good inside threat in the middle of that field and they kind of scheme plays for me Cole Hodman so I look for them to continue to do that and try to get him a couple of big plays so points come a little bit easier at three I have Lamar and Lamar has been at the top of our list almost throughout the whole season obviously earlier in the year we uh, had to see a little more from him so Mahomes was the favorite and then Russ had his point where he was the favorite but I just I think that this could be a, a tough matchup. That Buffalo defense is good. We saw what happened when they played on Thanksgiving versus the Cowboys. And I don't know. They could give uh, Lamar some trouble, especially on the road. I have Deshaun Watson at two versus Denver. I just really like that matchup. And Deshaun played extremely well versus the Patriots. And I look for that to continue so they can kind of solidify their position in the AFC playoff picture. And one, I have Aaron Rodgers versus Washington. I just think that Washington doesn't have the talent, and I was surprised to see them play that good of a game with Carolina, honestly. But Rodgers should tear them apart, especially at home, and I look for big games out of at least Devontae Adams. We saw what happened with Aaron Jones. He kind of struggled a little bit in the snow versus the Giants. I can't see that happening two weeks in a row. But with that being said, let's hop right into running back rankings. To start off the running back rankings, I usually had this guy at least in my top five, if not definitely in my top 10. I have Dalvin Cook at 15, and we just don't know what's going to happen with that shoulder injury. Um, if he does play, I think it still is to a limited amount. But if you have Dalvin Cook on your roster, there's no way that you can sit him. The possibility of him breaking off a big play and even just getting in the end zone if he just had red zone touches is too great. So I have Dalvin at 15, and at 14 I have um, Madison and if, like I just said, with, with Cook being limited, I think Madison could have a big day. I think he could get a majority of the touches, and especially if, if the Vikings get ahead early versus Detroit, I don't see them putting in the wear and tear on Cook, especially if they're trying to get a playoff spot. At 13, I have Miles Sanders versus the Giants, and the Giants 
struggle significantly versus pass catching backs out of the backfield. I think Sanders could have a big day. I don't think he has the best rushing ability on the team. I mean, Jordan Howard has showed that he's a very powerful runner in between the tackles and outside the tackles. So I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to have him as a top fantasy back, but I'll definitely rely on Sanders to get them up the field in the red zone throughout. At 12, I have Todd Gurley. I think Gurley could have a big game, but he could also struggle significantly versus Seattle. I know it's home. The Rams have been very streaky, though. You see them with a game last week, win by 30 points, and then you see them blown out the next week. So it's just crazy. I think Gurley should be more involved, and they've kind of relied on a power run game and an inside zone game. So I'm expecting that to continue, and I think I think he could very much punch one in the end zone. At 11, I have Mock Ingram versus Buffalo. This Ravens team just continues to run the ball. They live and breathe by running the football, whether that's with Lamar, whether that's with Gus, whether that's with Ingram, or even Justice Hill. They trust all of their guys, and they all touch the ball a little bit, and it keeps all the defenses on their toes. At 10, I have Kamara versus San Francisco, and I think that that's a very tough matchup for him. He was on one of my unfavorable matchups, that whole Saints team and that 49ers team. I don't like the feel of that game. Could very much be a shootout, could be low-scoring game, but I trust both of those defenses to play consistent throughout that matchup, and that's why I really don't think that the playmakers are going to have as great as a game as, as we think. At 9, I have Bell versus Miami, and this is a great matchup, but it is also a division game, so it could be tough. I think Bell needs to be utilized better to kind of get his value that he could bring to the table to be his best, but I don't know if the Jets will get that from him this year. At 8, I have Saquon at Philly on Monday night, and I want to see more from Saquon. I don't know if it's the team. I don't know if he's still hurt. Regardless of what it is, with EY coming back Monday night, I I really hope that that the team can rally around him and make sure that he goes out with, with at least an above 500 record because... We all know some people don't think that EY is a Hall of Famer. I personally think that EY is a Hall of Famer. And I just think that having a couple games above 500 to finish the year will will definitely help his case. At 7, I have Aaron Jones versus Washington. I touched about this matchup when I was talking about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Washington has played good, uh, well, better at least recently. But I think Jones will have a bounce back week at 6. I have Flash, Melvin Gordon at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's run defense has been kind of poor since they kind of moved on from Ramsey's. It just kind of seems like that defense is in shambles a little bit, but maybe with Minshew being back, they can rally around him. At five, I have Jacobs uh, versus Tennessee. Josh Jacobs has been a bull, and he's going to continue to be a bull for that Oakland team. I think he is going to be a top back for the next coming years in the league, and He's kind of showing us uh, glimpses of that in in this season. At four, I have to apologize before I say this guy's name because he's been so underrated on my fantasy on my fantasy rankings throughout the year and just throughout my throughout this whole year's perspective of just the Tennessee Titans themselves. So Derrick Henry at four at Oakland, it's a very favorable matchup. Henry's put up the numbers, he's put up the touchdowns, he's kind of carried his team to where they are right now. And I expect that to continue through the season. And Henry, Henry, he's hard to tackle. One guy can't tackle him alone, especially with an arm tackle. At three, I got Leonard Fournette versus the Chargers. I think that's another favorable matchup. 
The Chargers defense hasn't been good. I think Fournette really can eat in this matchup, and I don't know. I, there's no reason why he can't have 100 yards and a touchdown versus that team. He's kind of their whole offense with the exception of DJ Chuck. At two, I have Nick Chubb versus Cincinnati. Chubb's been a beast, and even with Hunt kind of coming into factor into his touches, he still demands the ball and keeps producing. So there's no reason why he's not a top five running back and no reason why you would sit him for Hunt. And one, I have CMC at Atlanta. McCaffrey disappointed me last week because I projected him to have the biggest fantasy week ever. And I really thought that there was a good chance of that. I wanted to go bold, but I don't know. We'll see. McCaffrey at one, that's still a lock, and you're always going to be confident playing McCaffrey. A guy that I kind of wanted to shout out, I wish I had space to put him on this list, but I couldn't because he's a in a two-running-back backfield. There's Austin Eckler. I think Eckler could have a great game as well versus that Jacksonville defense, and I don't know. I, I don't see why Flash can't have a rushing touchdown and he can't have a receiving touchdown because besides Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, they don't really have any... Uh, prolific receivers with that being said let's hop right into receivers so at 15 this is tough because I don't know if this guy is going to play so that's why I kind of have two of them going on here at 15 I have T.Y. but I also have Edelman in here as well I just think that if T.Y. doesn't play Edelman is still a top receiver Brady's gonna find ways to get him the ball five plus times but T.Y. definitely has the more favorable matchup so you can't go wrong with either of those guys at 14, I have Lockett. Lockett's kind of been ghost since he got hurt. So I, I hope that he can come back before the playoffs. I hope that leg's all right. We we all saw his injury in prime time. Um, but I do think he's the best receiver there. I don't know Go- I don't know what the deal with Gordon is. He just kind of hasn't been performing. That w- He didn't perform with New England. He's not performing with Seattle. I don't know if he knows the offense yet. But Metcalf has looked good to this point. 13, I have Colin Sutton, and Sutton had a big game. He's about to play Houston this week, and we know how much Kev loves Oliver Sutton. So had to shout Kev out there and got to keep Sutton on the in the top 15. At 12, granted this guy plays, Adam Thielen versus Detroit. It was a very disappointing to see Thielen get ruled out so late last week. He kind of screwed me up a little bit because I had him playing. I didn't have anybody else to play. I couldn't drop anyone because all my guys were locked, and I potentially missed a playoff spot because of that. But I am still in the playoffs in three of my leagues, so that means two of them I'm eliminated in, but still hoping for the best. At 11, I have DJ Moore, and we saw this news with Ron Rivera being fired. Uh, New coach in town. I do think the Panthers are going to want to put up points. They weren't happy losing four straight after being a playoff contender midway through the season. It's a very favorable matchup with going to Atlanta, and that is also a division game. DJ Moore has kind of set himself aside from Curtis Samuel a little bit. I know they were both two top picks. Uh, I do want to see Kyle Allen progress a little bit and see that offense outside of McCaffrey kind of develop. Um, We know Greg Olson's banged up. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but I want to see DJ Moore be targeted early and often. At 10, I have Cooper Cup versus Seattle. And this is another guy who kind of started off the year so hard. He was having a bunch of big games, and now he's kind of died down a little bit. I know the Rams ha- have had their struggles, and especially golf, but I look I look for Cup to get back on track. I know 10 is, is a little low for him, but there is a lot of guys 
uh, that are very productive receivers for fantasy. At 9, I got Mike Evans. I think the matchup is very favorable versus Indy. I talked about Godwin a little bit, and he's kind of, I don't want to say set himself aside, but they're just both going to be productive receivers. You can trust them both throughout the rest of the season. So I have no problem with playing Evans, no problem playing Godwin. Trust those guys. Winston's going to get them the ball, even though he's going to get them a couple picks. Uh, At 9, I'm sorry, at 8, I have Keenan Allen at Jacksonville. And with Ramsey not being in Jacksonville, Boye is still a top corner. I just don't think he's to the caliber that Ramsey was. I think Keenan Allen could very much have five-plus catches. We haven't really seen a gigantic game from him, so if he can kind of spark something, maybe Rivers can get a good flow going. I'd love to see some success there, and they should be able to handle a Jacksonville team easily. At seven, I have Tyreek Hill in New England. He's probably going to get the Gilmore coverage. We saw what happened um, in in the past couple of weeks with his matchups. Obviously, Houston had beat the Pats last week, but I would still say that Gilmore restricted D-Hop to a a decent extent, and I expect the same thing here. And If Gilmore is not following him around, there will definitely be safety coverage wherever Tyreek Hill is. At six, I have Stephon Diggs versus Detroit. Diggs has been a beast since that whole drama thing happened in the beginning of the season. Him and Cousins have got on the right page. We don't know how healthy D1 is to this point this year, so I expect Diggs to kind of keep being the number one. At five, I have Michael Thomas versus San Francisco, and that's low for Michael Thomas, but also, like, you have to be wary of the matchup. San Francisco does have a tough defense. I can't rank Michael Thomas outside of the top five because he is just a he's a beast. He's a statistical monster, and you just can't guard him. He's really in the receiving game with the exception of Kamara, the only threat that you really have to stop. So if they put double coverage, like if Sherman follows Michael Thomas around and they have safety coverage over the top, it's going to be very hard to get him the ball. At four, I have D. Hopper's Denver, and this could be a big game for him. Playing at home, obviously last week they, they had the the win versus the Patriots, but I I look for a dominant performance. D. Hop could very much have eight catches in this one. I don't think Chris Harris is as much of a threat as someone like Stephon Gilmore was last week in coverage. At three, Julio versus Carolina. Julio has been very good throughout this year as long as he's been healthy. Carolina's defense has been very susceptible to wide receivers kind of having big days. So I expect Julio to get his as long as Matt Ryan's healthy and they can get him the ball. At two, Devontae Adams versus Washington. Devontae Adams has been really good since he's came back. Last week he had a big game versus the Giants, sadly. We saw that in person when me and Kev were at MetLife in the snow. It was awesome. What an experience. So happy I got to see it. And I hope you guys do get the chance to see a snow game. It is definitely something worth experiencing. Um, in Washington's defense, I don't think Josh Norman c- can hold Devontae Adams' jockstrap. And one, this is a new name at number one. I do think this guy has played good and could arguably the most improved player in the NFL, and that's Chris Godwin versus Indy. Now on to tight ends. At five, I did have to drop this guy to five just because of matchup. We know New England always tries to keep the biggest playmaker outside of, of the game to beat kind of that person that beats them they'd rather just kind of the secondary guys kind of let them get theirs and if they beat them they can if they can't then usually the Pats will end up victorious so five I got Travis Kelsey four I had this is a name I definitely had on the list 
but I haven't had on the list in a couple of weeks. Uh, Eric Ebron is hurt. Uh, we don't know if T.Y. is going to play. Jack Doyle at Tampa Bay is a really awesome matchup, and I trust him to kind of catch the ball a lot for, for Brissett as, as long as he stays healthy throughout the game, and he's a good blocking presence as well, so he'll he'll get his snaps for sure. At three, I have Waller versus Tennessee, and Waller's just kind of been the number one receiver for the Raiders, so I, I expect that to continue, and it's going to be interesting to see how he develops over the years. Tennessee's defense is good, but I do think that Waller is a mismatch across the field. At two, I have Andrews at Buffalo, Mark Andrews, and he's another guy that, that's been a, a top target for a, a very productive quarterback. I do think Buffalo's defense is good. They'll be very wary of where Mark Andrews lines up, whether that's on the line of scrimmage, in the slot, or on the outside. He's done it all. And the same thing with Hollywood Brown as well. Um, So that's why I just kind of think Lamar could be restricted as far as uh, passing touchdowns go. But I do think that he's definitely going to get the rushing yards as far as Lamar goes. And at one, very hard to get this guy out of the one spot for tight end. George Kittle at New Orleans. New Orleans defense is good, but I do think Kittle has been the best tight end in football uh, through 16 weeks, and that was even through an injury. So I expect that to continue, and him and Jimmy G seem to have a very good relationship, so it's going to be interesting to see how those two develop over the next couple of years. Now we're going to move on to the most important part of fantasy football. Just kidding, guys. Defenses and kickers. I know a lot of you guys probably don't even listen to the defense and kickers because you're just streaming, depends on matchup expectations depending on who's playing all that stuff kind of factors in for these um for these two aspects of fantasy football but I don't have New England's defense or the 49ers defense or even the Saints defense in my top five for defenses this week we'll see how that works out for me and I hope the teams that I produce for you guys are beneficial to giving you guys a a fantasy playoff victory at five I have Jacksonville four I have Pittsburgh three I have Green Bay Two, I have Philly, and one, I have Minnesota. I think all of those teams have really good matchups and have the opportunity to put up 10-plus points in fantasy. And at this point in the season, I think what we're really just looking for is a defense to not beat us. We don't want negative points. If we can get a solid 8-plus from a defense on top of your fantasy guy, your regular fantasy studs producing, then I think that's all you can should really ask for. So let's move on to kickers. Five, I have Will Lutz. Four, I have Jacoby Myers. Three, I have uh, Kai Fairbain. Two, I have Greg Deleg. And one, I have Justin Tucker. Those guys have all been very familiar names that we've mentioned throughout the season. But that wraps it up for the fantasy rankings. This was very new to me doing an episode by myself. Obviously, love having Lou and Kev here and just talking like we have since the sandbox. But this week, we still have to get you guys the rankings. No Thursday night football game in my fantasy rankings. Best of luck to you all in the playoffs, and hopefully you guys can can come away with a victory this week. Since the sandbox, baby, booyah.